I am thrilled to introduce our next guest. He's someone whose work I've been reading obsessively for 20 years, co-founder of Baseball Prospectus, a contributing author on 14 different books with articles in the New York Times, the Washington Post, ESPN, 538, a staff writer for Grantland, a contributor for The Ringer and The Athletic, the breaker of chains, first of his name, Randy Gisarelli. Randy, great to have you on the show. How are you doing tonight? I am well. Did I do all that? that <laughs> yes, like a very did. old resume. Yeah, I was uh, I was getting ready for the intro and I was like, damn, he is uh, he's been making it happen. So a living uh, legend, a living legend. We are thrilled to have you on here. Um, obviously, we're talking about the Chiefs tonight. They are coming off a win over the Pittsburgh Steelers last night where Patrick Mahomes diced him up. He became the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns in a playoff victory. Ben Roethlisberger also did that to a loss in the Jags in 2018. The Chiefs now face a hungry Buffalo Bills squad. They just blew the doors off the Patriots. They're looking for some revenge and arrowhead. Uh, I guess, number one, did the Chiefs answer any questions for you about how confident you are or how you feel about them moving forward? And then what are your early thoughts on this matchup with the Bills? I mean, I think they, they answered the question in the sense that even after everything seemed to be going wrong for the first 19 minutes of the game, and, uh, you know, as a, as a Chiefs fan, uh for 30 years now, it, <laughs> the muscle memory of just assuming that if anything can go wrong in a, in a playoff game, it will, hmm. you know, even in the, the fourth year of the Patrick Mahomes era, some of that muscle memory still, still remains. Um, so it was very reassuring to, to know that even after uh, being down seven, nothing to it, to a you know, Steelers team that really had no business being in the playoffs at all. Um, right. That this was not the beat, the start of a collapse. This was not 1995. This was not even 2017 uh, mm -hmm. with Marcus Mariota. This is a, a completely different franchise with Patrick Mahomes. There was no reason to panic, and it was really just they just needed to to uh, taste their own blood and get angry, and everything <laughs> was fine. So that part, I feel, uh, I would say certainly after what the Bills did on Saturday night to the Patriots, um, you know, there was certainly a uh, a feeling after that game that wow, if the, if the if the Chiefs aren't on their game, next week is going to be a problem. Uh, and I would say I feel a lot more comfortable about where the Chiefs are right now um, than I did before before they played the Steelers. Randy, you um, Taylor and I were talking before you kind of jumped on just about the the Bills' performance on Saturday night, and they obviously became the first team in NFL history to score a touchdown on every drive but one, and they kneeled down, so they didn't have a turnover, they didn't have a punt in that game, they didn't kick a field goal in that game, uh, and he asked if that was the equivalent of a perfect game, and I know obviously you have uh, feet in both worlds, you've written about baseball mostly, but also football as well. Um, I contend that that is not a perfect game because there is half of the ball on defense, which was not necessarily perfect. They didn't get a stop on every drive against the Patriots. They did score a touchdown on every drive, missed some extra points in there. Uh, just off the top of the old dome, perfect game. Why and no hitter? What's what's kind of the baseball equivalent to what the Bills the, did? The baseball equivalent, honestly, would be a team that scores in every inning, which That's has happened. Good. I like it. Which has happened. I mean, it, it's happened at home more because you only have to bat eight times. Mm -hmm. It's happened, I think, maybe half a dozen times. I think a road team has only maybe done it once or twice. I'm I'm, I'm doing this off the top of my head. It's possible yeah. it's never been done on the road, but it feels equally rare that, you know, just to have a relentless offense. Because you can have a great offense. You can score, you know, seven runs in an inning or whatever. But to do it with that kind of consistency, it right. takes not just a great offense. It does take a little bit of luck. It takes – you can't take a single playoff, really. And and I mean, Josh Allen was what like twenty one to twenty five for three hundred yards, ran six times for sixty six yards. Like, yeah, that that was 
a, a perfect offensive performance. I wouldn't say a perfect game, but a perfect offensive performance. But just like a team that scores in every inning, I'm not sure that necessarily tells you more about the team than a team that just scores 14 runs in a game. Um, it was it's a, a really good team that was playing at the top of its of its uh, uh, talent level, uh, but I'm not sure that necessarily tells you that much about the following week. Well, and that that was going to be kind of my next question for you too. Obviously, we know uh, Johnny Vandermeer with the Reds, the only baseball pitcher to throw no hitter in consecutive games, and we've had some guys come close recently. Um, I know Mark Burley had what a perfect game, and then six no hit innings or something like that yeah. several years ago. Yeah. Um, but does that does that make you feel better or worse about the matchup, knowing that they came off this lava hot performance that they almost can't improve off of, uh, especially when you have a guy like Josh Allen that maybe is a little bit hot and cold? I mean, I, I wouldn't say it makes me feel better. Like, I feel a whole lot better if they were played terribly and beat the Patriots because the officials, like, screwed sure. the game over or, or the Patriots fumbled seven times or whatever. Um, but it doesn't make me that nervous. Like you said, I mean, consistency from one game to the next at that level is difficult for anybody not named Patrick Mahomes. I mean, I saw the the um, the, the uh, passer rating chart of Josh Allen, like, game by game throughout his career. And he has had back-to-back really good games. He's never had back-to-back elite games, but how many guys have a perfect passer rating two games in a row? Has that ever been done? Um, so not to my I, knowledge, yeah. I, I don't believe it has. I'm not that worried. I'll, I'll, to give you an example, do you guys know the very last NFL game that was that finished with a score of 47 to 17? Um, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I, so it I has must. been 17 years to the day. From, from the Bills' win over the Patriots to the last NFL game. It was also a playoff game. The Atlanta Falcons beat the St. Louis Rams. That was DeMar okay. Bolger Rams. You know, they were starting to fall apart. Michael Vick um, <laughs> Michael Vick ran for 119 yards on eight attempts. Sounds about right. right. Warwick right, Dunn ran for 142 yards. The, the, the Falcons ran for 331 yards in the game. Looks like a good, common good. box score. Yeah. Um, do you know what happened the following week? The Falcons lost in the NFC Championship game, I think. They did, 27 to 10. And even better than that, Oof. they lost to Andy Reid. Ah, okay. Nice, 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 nice. So, I love it. I you love know, it. that's, it, it, you know, 47 to 17 is a very specific score. I, I'm not saying that means anything, but, you know, the, the fact that, you know, after after the Bills beat the Patriots, I feel like that the, the uh, discourse has changed a little bit after seeing how well the, the Chiefs played. But, I mean, if you, if you pulled, you know, NFL quote unquote experts immediately after the Bills game. I think right. almost to a man, they would have said, Oh man, the Bills are, they're going to the, to the Super Bowl. They are the yeah. best team in the AFC. Um, they might be. They're, they're to, to me, the, the AFC championship game, and may, I may live to regret these words, but the AFC <laughs> championship game, as far as I'm concerned, is this coming Sunday in Kansas City. I think the Bills are the best team they're going to play. Um, and frankly, when you talk about like the, the, the downside of not getting the number one seed, it, I'm not even sure the biggest problem was getting the buy. I mean, I know there's the, the whole better than a buy kind of uh, vibe right now. And, and you know, the, they came out of that Steelers game really with some momentum. Everyone's healthy and nobody, and nobody got hurt. Right. Exactly. But, but to me, the, the down, the biggest downside is simply as the two seed, you have to play the bills in this coming round. If they have the number one seed, you get the Bengals. Yeah. I know that we lost to the Bengals, but I'd much rather see the Bengals right now. Yeah. Sure. And the bills. Um, and then you hope that maybe the Titans beat the Bills with the home field advantage, and 
You know, you get it's an open question. Would you rather play at Tennessee or host the Bengals next week? But to me, this is going to be the most difficult game they play until the Super Bowl, at least. I would agree with that. This is the first playoff matchup with two quarterbacks that came off of five touchdown performances in the previous round of the playoffs. So for sure, it feels like to a lot of people, this is the AFC championship game. And again, yeah, you're right. You got to win the next game. But it's definitely um, the, the momentum is with both the Bills and the Chiefs, and they're going to certainly collide on Sunday night. Um one of what I would consider to be your specialties when you write about the Chiefs, and in particular with Patrick Mahomes, is your big picture focus, the legacy stuff. So like for myself, I'm a diehard Chiefs fan, but I'm obsessed with the story being told on the grand scale of the NFL. And three of the most relatable pieces I've ever read were your, what I would say, your trilogy of Mahomes-centric articles on the ringer. And so those are The Budding Legend and Transformative Power of Patrick Mahomes II, Faith, fear, and fandom in the time of Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes is no longer just a phenom. He's the goat in the making. So first of all, I want to thank you for articulating how important and special these last four seasons have been for Chiefs fans with Mahomes. I've never felt more seen or heard from a national publication perspective than when I was reading your words there. Yes. Can you talk just a little bit about what Mahomes has meant to you as a Chiefs fan specifically, and then how fun that's been to express that as a sports writer? It has been delightful to express it, to express it as a sports writer. I, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that Patrick Mahomes is the most important athlete of my lifetime. And we're, we're talking about four years now. I'm four, yeah. I'm 46 years old. And, you know, you I could go back. I'm old enough to you know, remember the tail end of George Brett's career. George mm -hmm. Brett was, was uh, you know, we did, was yeah. here in Kansas City, was, was our guy as a Royals fan. Um, you know, uh, he was a living legend from my like my earliest memories as a sports fan. Um, and and then the Bo Jackson experience was nothing like it. Um, you know, even though we only had half of him, he was, you know, he was the biggest athlete in America. Yep. Um, and we had never had that before and probably didn't have it again until Patrick Mahomes. And I would say Patrick Mahomes is basically the combination of the two in the sense that he has the national, um, you know, coverage, the Q rating, the, the publicity of a Bo Jackson. He is the most, I would say the most popular um, and most recognizable athlete maybe in America. I mean, maybe Steph Curry. Feels like it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Tom Brady's sort of in his own category. I, I guess you know, I would still put Tom Brady one, but Tom Brady at this point is, is you know, I don't know. He's like transcended. He's like transcended to another astral plane or yes. something. Yes. Um, but among people under the age of 44, uh, I would put Patrick Mahomes sure. number one. Um, and at the same time, you know, I mean, Bo Jackson was fam famous as much for his athletic abilities as the actual sporting right. accomplishments. Um, right. Whereas with Mahomes, he does both. And what, what's, what was amazing was that it was so evident from like, from the word go with him. Right? I mean, we, 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 he was drafted. We were excited, but we were excited before he ever put on a Chiefs uniform because, oh, my God, the Chiefs took a quarterback in the first round. Yep. You know, right. We've been looking for this for 35 years. Just the fact that they were willing to commit to somebody, he was, you know, we were excited about it before, sight unseen, before I'd ever seen any clips of his, you know, playing at, at Texas Tech or whatever. Um, I, I, I was in on this guy. But then, you know, you start to hear the whispers in, in training camp, and it's like, oh, my God, this he actually is the real deal. But we never got to see him because – the Chiefs were told, you know, twelve and four with Alex Smith, and then he he gets a start in a meaningless game with a bunch of backups as uh, as his teammates and beats the Broncos, 
you know, in Denver, like that was cool. Didn't mean yeah. anything, but that was pretty cool. Um, and then we got a heartbroken the next week uh, against the Titans. And, you know, as, as a Chiefs fan, you talk about the perspective. This is a hard-earned perspective. This is the perspective that comes from watching, you know, playoff so many playoff losses that like blowing a 28-point 20 lead in Indianapolis, I'm uh, not sure that ranks among the most the three most painful. <laughs> We've had uh, that conversation. 95, the, 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 uh, the kicker who shall not be named. Uh, whoops. <laughs> uh, yeah. Shame on bleep you. that, bleep that. <laughs> I will. You know what? That that name no longer has the power to hurt me, honestly. It's, it's, right. it's more for show now. Right. You know, let, let me say it. Lynn Elliott. I don't care. Lynn Elliott. Ooh, it's like Voldemort. It doesn't hurt anymore because I have Patrick Mahomes. We have, we have this ta- a talisman uh, to, <laughs> to, uh, to defend us against that curse. So the Lynn Elliott game, I would put the game, uh, the loss to the Broncos in 97, maybe even yeah. more painful in some yeah. ways because it was to the Broncos. And the it Broncos went on to win the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah, um, they cheated. They greased. Yeah, right, they, right. Well, that, there's yeah. that, and then you know the 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 uh, refs missed uh, uh, a push out. The Tony Gonzalez was pushed out of the end zone. Right. They, they didn't call that a touchdown. There was right, no right. instant replay at the time. It was it was a whole whole bunch of stuff, right? <laughs> um, so the, that perspective, we we just assumed the worst. And after that Titans loss, to me the Titans loss. If we didn't have Patrick Holmes, it would have it might have broken me because I'm just like, mm-hmm. what what do you do like? Marcus Mariota catches his own pass and you lose by a point and blow an 18 point lead. And uh, yeah, I, I remember I, we, I watched the game with my brother at his house. He was a, a Patrick Mahomes massive fan, but even before the draft, like I, my, <laughs> I, w- I will literally say my, my, my brother, my, he's a younger brother and he's all, we've always had the older brother, younger brother dynamic. And I don't think it's an exaggeration, an exaggeration to say that our relationship changed because he was so dead perfect right about Patrick Mahomes. Like, oh, that's great. I look at my, my younger brother afterwards. I've looked at him with a, like a, a newly found respect. Yeah, he was for months before the draft. He's like, this is the guy. Like he would, he doesn't even follow college football and he would just watch. Man. Like I remember him Man. once years ago asking me to come watch some film of um, of Mike Glennon. He was doing his scouting for the draft. And he's like, I watched Mike, this Mike Glennon college clip with me. I'm like, you're, what are you doing? Like, you don't you don't work for the Chiefs. Why are you doing this? And when he came to me, he's like, Patrick Mahomes is the guy. He's the one. I just said, I'm like, even if you're right, what are the odds of the Chiefs? There are 32 teams. There's right. a one in 32 right. chance that we draft him, even if he's the right guy. And then they did. And then everything he said <laughs> came to pass, and then some. Um, so literally, like I have, um, I have, you know, a newfound respect for my brother because of a guy that neither one of us has ever really met. So there's that. But then the next season comes, and you know, one of my few regrets of the whole Patrick Mahomes era is that I didn't watch the first two games of the season, the um, the Steelers and Chargers, I believe they were his yeah. first two games. Yeah, Chargers and Steelers. Won. There were, you know, Sunday afternoons, it's a long season. I might, you know, I think we were invited out. My wife wanted to do stuff. Like, you got to pick your 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 battles, right? And I'm like, you know, it's it's the first two games of the season. Even after the first game where he threw, I think, four touchdowns in that first game. I was like, oh, okay. But we already had plans for week two. Then week two might have been his best game as, uh, really, of his career against yeah. the Steelers. Six six touchdowns and, like, 28 throws. Yeah, five um, incompletions. Was five ridiculous. incompletions, yeah. yep, yep. And I'm just, okay, after that, I'm like, okay, it, I have to arrange my life around this guy. <laughs> sure. Appointment television. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, I'm sorry, honey, but yes, Patrick Mahomes. I, I need to see what this, this is, this may be the quarterback I've been waiting for my whole life. Yeah. Who would um, have known you would have missed two games and 10 touchdown passes. Yeah, exactly. I, 10 touchdown passes used to take two months with our yeah. quarterback. So, yeah. Um, so then the third week, the game against the Niners, 
And there's that, you know, iconic play where he's scrambling, running in the backfield. He's like third and goal from like the, the 18 or something. And he's being chased by like four defensive linemen and then throws a dart. I think it was, was it Chris Conley in the end it was zone? Chris Conley in the back of the end zone. Back Are you end. kidding me? Yeah. On the TV broadcast. Yeah, exactly. And that was basically my my reaction as he threw the ball. I just, yeah, right. I think I said out loud, I'm like, if he, if he, if he makes this and I, I didn't, I didn't have time to finish the thought and he caught it. And I just, in that moment, I'm like, mm. oh my God, mm. we have, this is the guy we have him. We have that once in a decade quarterback. And that's when I started writing that in first article for the ringer. I went to them. I'm like, I need to write this. <laughs> and they're like, write this, this, this article. And it was really funny because the next week was Monday night at mile high. And the, right. the idea was to run the, the article after that game, um, assuming they won. And they were down like <laughs> 10 points or 14. He had a terrible first half. Yep. To the point where I remember uh, right, uh, sending an email to the editors. I'm like, uh, we may need to like tweak this or maybe hold this or whatever, um, you know. And then, and then he throws a pass left-handed for a first down <laughs> and you know, comes back down ten points in the fourth quarter at Mile High Stadium on the road. Yep. And I just sent them a two-word email. I'm like, never mind. And, uh, <laughs> and I mean, you, you read that article now, and what's incredible is it was five games into his career, right? And I'm talking in that article, I'm talking about the history of yeah, what, what it means to be a Chiefs fan and we've never had a quarterback, et cetera. But I'm also talking about how, based on five games, I basically have confidence this guy's going to win win us a Super Bowl, maybe multiple Super Bowl. Like this, this is yeah. not just, oh, this is a really good quarterback. This is not me being effusive about uh, you know, Joe Burrow or something like that now, you know, good, good quarterback. I'm I'm talking this guy's about rush more status. And I mean, you would say, "Oh, gee, you could you could say all oh, that you were prophetic." No, it was just it was so obvious to any Chiefs fan who had watched him. It was like it felt inevitable in such a weird way. And for to go from thirty five years of watching Steve DeBerg and Steve Bono, Elvis Gerback, yeah, Elvis Gerback, Castle, and name him. Yeah. You know, I mean, Alex Smith is you know was the best quarterback I had seen. You know, Trent Green and Alex Smith were really the two best quarterbacks. I had seen as a Chiefs fan in 35 years. Yeah. To go from that to watching this guy do things on third and 13 and we're throwing we're throwing downfield. Uh-huh. Not throwing a screen to the fullback and getting uh-huh. seven yards so we can punt and get better field position. <laughs> well, we are on to the divisional round of the end playoffs, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the action of the divisional round. Everyone can play huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required. One per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Was it crazy for you, Randy, um, obviously coming from a, a baseball grip background, and you were probably one of the first writers that I read. You know, I got into baseball and in, in really in, into watching sports when I was in high school, and the first book that I read was Moneyball. So, like, that sort of had a disproportionate impact on how I sort of approach sports as a fan. 
um, and certainly how I analyze sports, but like, was it, it doesn't sound like it was for you. Right. But like, this was crazy, right? Like you were writing this article five games into his career. And obviously as a, an, your, your head as an analytical person, somebody who's written on sample sizes and all these different things, right? Certainly it's different in, in football and it's different with quarterbacks than it is with baseball. And, you know, you see these prospects immediately and there's just, obviously there's so many differences between the sports, but it doesn't sound like it was at all hard for you to believe after five games that this guy could be the greatest quarterback you had ever seen, which is crazy. I mean, isn't that crazy? Is that, well, is that not crazy? It's not crazy that I would necessarily think that because if, you know, if, if you've read my Royal stuff, you sure, probably sure. know that I can be irrationally exuberant <laughs> at times. That's so what I love about it. There could be an there could have been an irrational exuberance there, no question. And that's what's so crazy is that it wasn't irrational at all. It was exuberant. It was insanely positive about his future, but it was one hundred percent rational. And right. the 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 argument I can make from an analytic perspective is number one, the there is just. There's nothing in baseball, there's no player in baseball that has a fraction of the importance that a quarterback has in right. football, right? Like an elite quarterback is would is the equivalent of like a Shohei Otani who has a has a has an ERA of like 120 and throws 300 innings and then also hits like right. 75 home runs. Like right. the, the impact right. you would have on a game as a baseball player to be the equivalent of a quarterback. You, a quarterback takes an average team, an elite quarterback takes an you know an eight and eight or whatever, eight and a half and eight and a half team now, yeah, right. uh, you know, 12 and four. I mean, it's worth like, a you know, a, it's a win in like a quarter of the games in a season. So having an elite quarterback, there's just nothing that replaces it. As, as, as a Chiefs fan, we know this better than anyone because we've had teams that have literally had elite everywhere else, elite yeah. defenses in the mid nineties, elite tight ends. We've had, I mean, we don't talk enough about the fact that like as Chiefs fans, we really don't know what it means to not have an absolutely elite tight end for like 25 years now. Two of the best four tight ends that have ever played. Yeah. yeah, it's And great running backs. Yeah, great yeah, running great backs. Running back. yeah. And none of it mattered in nope. the playoffs without nope. the quarterback. Right. You know? right. Defense didn't matter. None of it. I mean, none, dude, of, it. Yeah. None, none of it matters. But a quarterback, I mean, you just look at the history of football players. And, and it was different in the 70s and 80s, I would say. Like the importance of the quarterback role as they've loosened up some of the rules um, on wide receivers – you know, to open up the, the passing game more. I, quarterbacks are more important now than they've ever been. I mean, they're the most important position in professional sports. They are. And I yeah, mean, there's, just, there's a reason they they're paid are. like that because there's just the whole thing runs through them. So right. let's get rationally effusive about Mahomes for a second here. If he goes all the way this year, wins his second ring before turning 27, joins Brady and Roethlisberger as the only guys to ever do that, there would only be four quarterbacks already with more rings than Mahomes. Brady, Bradshaw, Montana, and Aikman. He would pass Breeze, Rogers, Favre, Unitas, Warner, Wilson, Young. All those guys only had one. Obviously, Marino didn't even have one. He got he has an MVP, a Super Bowl MVP, 5,050, and then whatever he ends up doing, probably another Super Bowl MVP there. He already has the most career games with 400 yards, five touchdown passes in NFL history. Career already. People get really uncomfortable with this question, but does Mahomes punch his ticket to Canton with his next Super Bowl win whenever that happens? I think he he's punched his Canton ticket if he retired today. Nice. That, I agree. I really think so. I mean, the, the, the best example I can give you is uh, Terrell Davis. Hmm. 
Terrell Davis is in the Hall of Fame. I mean, football, like, it's so weird as a baseball guy to see, like, the standards for football Hall of Famers. Yes, yeah. I agree. You know, baseball, you have a guy who's, like, an elite player for, like, 18 years, and it, he gets in on the 13th ballot. <laughs> it's after. a big sure. debate. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. You know, I mean, Tim Raines, we needed a huge campaign to get Tim freaking Raines in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> right. right. Terrell right. Davis was active for seven seasons. Yep. Only four of them did he even play more than half the game. He played 78 games in his career, right? But he was an elite running rushing back basically for, for four years. Yep. And running backs aren't as important as quarterbacks. I, I would say, you know, you look at Terrell Davis, 1995 to 1998, that is not as valuable as Patrick Mahomes, 2018 to 2021. Right. right. And after that, he played in 17 games after that in his entire career. Um, and had like 1,200 yards or something like that. I mean, but still, we've we've talked about how if Terrell's in the Hall of Fame, Jamal Charles should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, oh, that's a completely it, different. You know, like, yeah. but yes, correct. We could be here a long time if we just wanted to talk about Jamal Charles. And, and <laughs> yes, if if we wanted to talk about the rules that we have to apply to Hall of Fames, if X player gets in, then Y player has to get in. Oh boy, we could literally be here for weeks. But to me, like Patrick Mullins already has the Terrell Davis argument, and then some. To be in the sure. Hall of Fame. So to me, that's like I thought. I thought when you said when you said, "Oh, is he got a stick at the kid?" I thought you were going to tell me, "Is he already one of the, you know, five greatest quarterbacks of all time?" Because I mean, you could well, make that case. Yeah. I mean, he's certainly his track record. Like you said, I mean, if he wins a Super Bowl this year, there's only four guys who won more. So like, he's already in that right. in that right. Which is crazy. I saw the um, there was a stat, and I, I may butcher it. Uh, expected points added in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, as after last night's game. Patrick Holmes is fourth all time ever playoff <laughs> That's point. That now is. that's an, an, an over average stat. So like you can lose points if you have a bad sure. game. And if he's basically one good game ahead of passing Drew Brees for third, he passed. Let's put it this way: he last night he passed Peyton Manning. <laughs> for, for, Peyton Manning's played twenty-seven. Stupid. Had twenty-seven uh. playoff games. Patrick Holmes has played nine. That's the other thing that's um, that's I didn't know when I wrote that original article that I, we I wrote about later was like. As good as he's as as he was from day one, like as quickly as we could tell, this guy was elite. You know, we didn't know whether he would be that elite or even better in true pressure situations, playoff situations. You think of a guy like Peyton Manning, who to me, you know, is the second greatest quarterback of all time, second best NFL player of all time. And I mean, there was a real debate. I, I would have si- I would have put him number one over Brady as recently as like nine years ago. Like there was a point. Right, where, right, right. You know, after, after he went Same. to Denver and threw like 55 TDs, I'm like, yeah, this guy's number one. Yep. And yet his playoff record has always, like that was always a ding against him. It was always kind of spotty, not against the Chiefs, of course, but it was always kind of spotty. Right. <laughs> um, and, you know, the, the the Colts didn't win nearly as much in the playoffs as, as they probably should have. And that's not saying that there was necessarily anything deficient about him, but – at the same time, when you look at results and you compare them to Tom Brady's playoff results, that's a massive, massive edge right. for Tom Brady. And what we have learned about Patrick Mahomes is, yeah, he's actually, not only is he the best or one of the best football quarterbacks of all time, he has, I'm not going to say he's a knack for being better, but the results so far would suggest he does. He certainly, you know, has has had results in the postseason that are even better than you would expect based on his regular season performance. Because you would expect against more difficult competition that he would regress to the mean some. Right. He's barely regressed at all. I mean, he's had, you know, the, the last, last year's Super Bowl against the, the Buccaneers, obviously a massive exception, but sure. When you look at when you look at the uh, degree of difficulty, um, I would argue that 
he actually played a hell of a game. I, I would argue without question, he was the yeah. better, best quarterback on the field that day. Yep. And his playoff resume in general, last night was the first time he threw a interception in a non-Super Bowl. And that's because he's played every game at home other than the Super Bowl. But that was his first home interception yep. in the playoffs. I mean, he... He got so mad that he threw five, five touchdowns <laughs> in the one. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then you know, people right. are like, oh, it's the fastest anybody's ever thrown five touchdowns. Yep. You know, mass, much faster, right? We forget, though, he threw four touchdowns in nine minutes and 11 seconds against the Texans. Yeah, right. Starting down 24 points. Like, yep. you know, that was, to me, that is still the most important game of his career. Right, sure. Because, I mean, we went into that game that. with massive expectations. And we talk about, like, you know, this tortured history. And there was not a single Chiefs play game I've ever seen that unfolded the way that game started. Right. I mean, right. my God. Down 24 nothing, And... Patrick Mahomes had done nothing wrong. That's like, we can't even you you can't even pin the bad part of that game on him. No, but to be down twenty four nothing and then to to be ahead by halftime, unprecedented in NFL history. I mean, in the span of twenty minutes, I went from thinking we've got a great quarterback but a tortured franchise to we have a great quarterback. And <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't all the, the the history of this franchise doesn't matter. He basically wiped away 50, 50 years of just heartbreak and you know, despair and just negative juju uh, over this franchise in the span of, of, of 10 minutes of game time. And ever since then, like so yesterday, I was like annoyed. I was concerned. Right. Annoyed is a great word. Yeah. But I was not worried. And I didn't have time to be worried before they, you know, came back and took a 35-7 lead. Yeah. Randy, um, I guess this is this is sort of a looking ahead big picture question here. But, you know, obviously Tom Brady has the seven rings. And I love that EPA all time in the playoff stat. I had not seen that. And that is just absurd, but obviously with the change, and I know you were just tweeting yesterday about the one by, and you and I are of like mind on this. I've hated it since before it became official. I think it's ridiculous that they've moved it down from two buys to one. Um, but do you think we're going to have to, are we going to be writing about this in 15 years? Are we going to have to make up the ground from let's say Patrick Mahomes finishes with three rings and Tom Brady ends with seven. Are we going to be, arguing about this, you know, 15 years from now that, well, yes, I understand Tom Brady has seven rings. Patrick Mahomes has three or four, however many it is. Are we going to be having this conversation that, look, I mean, you have to place this in its proper context and you're, you're great at this. This is one of the things that you do really well. It's actually Patrick Mahomes, right? Like I understand we're looking forward in the future here, but with the by changing, obviously Tom Brady uh, had the benefit of playing in a historically awful division where like the best quarterback, the second best quarterback in that division was like Ryan Fitzpatrick for like all three, three different times for each other, for each other team in the AFC East, right? Chad Pennington, you know, for the, the dolphins and the jets, I think I, you know, like whatever it's been, um, are we going to be able to make that argument? Do you think in 15 years that Patrick Mahomes rings aside is the greatest quarterback of all time? So you're, so you're kind of asking, I feel like you're asking like two different questions. Like how does the buy impact that yeah i mean i just think like obviously with and we've seen this in baseball too not not necessarily recently but obviously baseball used to be played um you know i mean when the yankees won all those rings right i mean we're talking about there were what eight teams in each league right a uh, completely different situation when you're going through one round of the playoffs to win a world series right. ring and you're you're in the world series and you win it right um obviously with the buy changing just the the different context that we're seeing with the single buy, and obviously we're probably looking at 
future playoff expansion too. How do you kind of evaluate that, I guess, in terms of a, a assessing legacy? Whether you should or not, it almost feels irrelevant. I feel like it, regardless of whether or not you should, in 15 years, I don't think anyone is going to to be um, is, is going to be able to bring up the, the fact that there are more playoff teams as like a, a an excuse if Patrick Mahomes only only wins three Super Bowls. I agree. Because um, yeah, the number two seed. If, if you're the number two seed, you don't get a bye. But you know what? If you're the number seven seed, you get into the playoffs and you wouldn't have otherwise. Is there a chance at some point that the, the Chiefs are you know sneak in as a number seven seed? Like when we were three and four this year. Mm-hmm. Sure. I will say there was a part of me that was like, oh man, I would love <laughs> to make the playoffs as the number seven seed. Sure, sure. Because that would terrify. Because, I, I'm, you know, even if they'd gone nine and eight and just snuck in, is there a team in football that really wants to play the the, nope. the number seven seed Patrick Mahomes led Chiefs? No. <laughs> no, of course. Um, now, it's hard for us to imagine a scenario in which they're ever the number seven seed, but, you know, Andy Reid may not be, you know, the coach forever. And there's, you know, we, we hope to have Patrick Mahomes as our quarterback for the next 15 to 20 years. It's probably going to be a lull in there somewhere. Um, so, you know, it's a very specific scenario where you're the number two seed. If you're the number three, number four seed, it has no impact at all. You know how many times Brady got the two? Probably quite a few. Six times and won three Super Bowls in those years. So, yeah. I mean, you think about, you know, him getting an extra week of rest and then and not having to risk their team getting knocked out in the playoffs six different times that now if they had had the exact same regular season, he would have had to play in wild card weekend. He only played wild card weekend four times in in his time in New England, which is stupid because they only missed the playoffs two times. So, just a I will definitely use that argument when I'm trying to make the case for Patrick Mahomes in 15 yeah. years. Yeah, I don't think it'll work. No, but if you want to talk about his chance of being the goat, like, can I can I share with you a, a take that I'm I'm saving? But I'm going to give you a preview here, please. But if please, the Chiefs, please. if the Chiefs and the Buccaneers win, my 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 hot hot fire. Like triple skip Baylessian thing <laughs> for next week is that if Tom Brady really cares about his legacy, he will lose in the NFC Championship game so that he will not have to Oof. take the possibility of losing to Patrick Mahomes in another oh, I love Super Bowl it. matchup. Because Sweet. the only way that Patrick Mahomes can really get a step up on Tom Brady's legacy. If Tom Brady never faces Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs right. again, his legacy is secure. I agree. If Mahomes has right. a Super Bowl win, it will do more to destroy that the, the difference in their legacies than anything else. So That's pretty good. Uh, you heard it here first. If Tom no, Brady that's, that's right. lose because if he cares about his legacy, he'll lose. Let's just <laughs> All right, Randy, before we let you out of here, I want to just talk again. We brought this up earlier, but have to thank you for the absolutely best summary of the 2014-2015 Royals playoff run that anyone will be able to find anywhere. That's, of course, your final piece from Randy on the Royals, an epic 96,543-word recount. You counted it? Yeah, I put them all in a Word doc and uh, copy-pasted, and it was 96,000 words. To Kill a Mockingbird's 100,000 words. So you basically <laughs> wrote To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> outrun stolen base of the 14 and 15 Royals. Uh, it's as good as coverage of those insane teams as there will ever exist on the internet. You had a, a piece in there, moment number 50, you talked about the most dominant postseason inning in Royals history. Wade Davis had an 11-pitch, three-strikeout inning. I brought up in the comments that there was a immaculate inning, and you called me out by name, which I can't tell you that I thought that was the coolest thing in the world to actually have a, a an update from you that said that I uh, pointed that out. Can you talk real quick about... Just your thoughts on that project, looking back on it six years later, how fortunate people like us have been to follow two teams as historically ridiculous, significant, crazy as those Royals and these Chiefs. 
I'll tell you, I don't know if I've ever had more fun writing uh, anything than I did that project. And I mean, I, I think I wrote it at, uh, at some point in there. I said, there's part of me that wants the whole world to read this. And there's part of me that wants to write this and never show it to anyone yes. and just for me to look back at 20 years later. Because even though you know just how remarkable that run was and just how um, how how rare it was to have a team that was that came back over and over again and, and all of the um, just... In, in incredible clutch performances we got from those teams. Inevitably, you're going you're going to lose some, some of those memories will just fade over time. And I yep. felt like if if I don't record this for posterity now, there's stuff in there I'm going to forget. I know there's going to be stuff in there I'm going to forget. I, I think what provoked it was um, trying to remember something else that uh, uh, someone brought up Gerard Dyson's steal in the uh, the wild card game, right? Like, mm -hmm. Which uh, to me is is the second most important steal in the history of Major League Baseball after only Dave Roberts. Sure. That's Red like that's just a that. tiny thing. If you ask the average sports fan, average baseball fan, even hardcore fan, you know, most important steal of all time, Dave Roberts, of course. Number yeah. two, they, they, I don't think anybody will have any answer for you. But if you study actual impact on, you know, a, a team or a championship, et cetera, that has to be number two. Um, and it's just one of, it's just like one of the footnotes of that run. But I was trying to remember, oh, did he do anything else uh, of importance in the playoffs? And and realized I had almost forgotten that he had that incredible throw uh, to uh, nail uh, Cole, Cole Calhoun, I think it was. Cole Calhoun to, at third you know, base. The third base. Who had been right, the 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 go-ahead run. Uh, go-ahead run with one out in the eighth inning. Unbelievable. In, in a game that the... Royals, of course, won in extra innings. So if he had scored, that, that would, they would have lost that game. Um, and I just realized I need, I need. There's so much insanity in the last 13 months of Royals baseball, from the wild card game to to winning it at uh, City Field, that if I don't record everything that happened, I'm going to forget, and that would be that would be unforgivable. Uh, and so you know, I just started. I sat down and, and I started watching. Um, I went to the play-by-play -play of every game and anything that looked remotely important, I went, looked at the video and started ranking them. You know, I thought I was going to end up with a hundred moments or I think I actually started with 50 and I'm like, nah, that's not enough. A hundred. And then I realized I'm, I'm doing, I'm, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to write something so long that no one will ever try and match this again. I ended up with 218. Yep. <laughs> and honestly, you look back and I'll say, I probably could have done without the like first 50 or 60 of those, but there's definitely 140 moments or so that are like just incredible to remember. And it was, it was so much fun reliving that and kind of putting it all into context and talking about the, the, the wild card comeback in that four run inning, talking about the, incre the, the incredible comeback in Houston and yeah. single after single after single and all the little things that occurred there. And um, it just, you know, by the time you get to like the top 30, it was just like, how can I rank this so low? Like yeah. this is this, yes. and especially as a Royals fan, where it's like I didn't have a single moment like that in my entire in my entire fandom. I was ten years right. old when they won the World Series, and I really have no memory of it. Um, and from 1985 to 2014, name me an iconic moment. There isn't one. Nope. Unlike any other franchise in basically sports, there isn't even like that moment you clinch a wild card or. or nope. An important game in the final weekend of the season. There was nothing. I'm gonna say Mendy Lopez walk off homer on opening day of 2000. I was gonna say Beltron opening day. Yes, right. that, that's the iconic. To me, to me, it was Bob Hamlin uh, hitting a, a walk off homer in the 12th inning. Yeah, uh, just a week before the strike in 1994. Yep, that was the, the when the the Royals were like maybe two games out of a playoff spot, and then you know the strike comes and destroys you know directly destroys the sport. So classic. 
to go from that, it was it was really just a, a, a man dying of thirst who just find finds an oasis. Um <laughs> and that's what it was like. And and to to bring this back around to Patrick Mahomes, I mean, that's what it was like to root for a team that had everything except a quarterback for 30 years and then landed Patrick Mahomes. And it's to be a, a Kansas City sports fan, I mean, if you want to go back, go back to my Grantland archives, mm-hmm. find the article I wrote in 2013, okay. the week before the, the Chiefs lost in Indianapolis 45 to 44, blowing a 28 point lead. Oh boy. I wrote an article about how basically being a, being a Kansas City sports fan is the absolute worst. <laughs> find that article. Okay. And, and go back and read that, and ha- you'll have a good chuckle because. Like in the really in the in overnight we went from a, a, a sports fan base that I made the case at that time is the most hapless, the most cursed uh, sports fan base in all of America <laughs> to title town. Yeah, man, to the only city other than Boston that has won both a baseball and football championship in the uh, in the uh, you know last ten years in decade, until yeah. I mean, until Tampa Bay started winning. Oh, uh, sure. Until um, Brady went there, and yeah, then magically Brady, they started exactly. winning. Um, so, in, in, in what what's funny is I thought about when did what what happened? What when did this occur? And it actually all occurred in the span of a couple weeks, like the 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 the, the tipping point. Um, in, in within the span of like three or four weeks in the winter of 2012 2013, two things happened. The Chiefs hired Andy Reid, but even before that, three weeks before that, the Will Myers trade, right? The Will Myers trade, yes. Yes. The greatest professional incompetence of my lifetime. <laughs> the moment I thought was one of the my you know the worst moments it of, was very of my fandom it was as, very as a Royals fan, honestly, was the moment where everything changed for the better as a Kansas City sports fan. I've it's never true. been so happy to be That's wrong. Well, Randy, thank you so much for your time tonight. This is without a doubt, the best interview Austin and I have ever done. Uh, really enjoyed hearing your perspective. Is this the only interview you've ever done then? No, no, no. It was amazing. <laughs> I mean, believe me, we have been... We've had many distinguished like said, guests, but none as distinguished as you. Well, I appreciate that. We'll put links in our episode, uh, the tweet that we send out for the stories of what we talked about from you here. Our listeners can follow you on Twitter, at Jazerly. That's J-A-Z-A-Y-E-R-L-I. And I'll just ask, do you have any parting words of wisdom for Chiefs fans that are stressed out about this playoff ride? Just when when things look dark, just remember there has never, ever, ever been a better time to be a Chiefs fan. And if they they lose to the Bills, they've already made it farther than they made it in 90% of the seasons before Patrick Mahomes. They're still going to be a favorite to make a Super Bowl run next year. And you know, you there are there are newly minted Chiefs fans everywhere in the country every day. I know people who have no connection whatsoever to Kansas City who are buying Patrick Mahomes jerseys. Like you're, you, we've already made it in a sense. Like the, the for the first time in my lifetime, a Kansas City sports franchise is a national. I don't even say national darling, but like just the it team. They're we're we're the cool kids on the block, and just sure. appreciate just appreciate that. Because I can say with somebody who has, you know, a long history of, you know, going back to back to the days where, you know, you watch Sports Center and you spend a whole hour waiting to see if they'll show you a highlight of a, a Royals or, or a Chiefs game. Sure. Yeah. Um, to, you know, I can't I can't go a day without you know, a national discussion of what the Chiefs are doing. Um, win or lose, they're they're always in the news. Everyone cares about them. And 
you could definitely say it's always sunny in Cheese Kingdom.